When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I got to say, I really love it when we have repeat guests on because it means that we had so much fun the first time and we didn't get to cover everything because they have so much knowledge to share with us. And so please join me in welcoming Chris Clues back to our program today. Welcome, Chris. How the heck have you been? Thanks, Deb. I've been awesome. Totally awesome, as always. Perfect. And I appreciate the, the second opportunity to speak with you. I love it. Well, and we did. We had so much fun last time. And so we're we're going to have a blast this time. So let me tell people a little bit about you. Then we'll jump into this. So Chris Clues is a speaker and author of three acclaimed books on work and life lessons from 80s pop culture. Growing up in the 80s and with over 20 years of leadership experience in corporate marketing, Chris knew three things very well, 80s pop culture, business, and this crazy thing we call life. He combined these areas of expertise to create the popular book series, the ultimate series on essential work and life lessons from 80s pop culture. And I tell you what, if you grew up in that area, you have to read the books just because they're a hoot. He's spoken to a diverse set of organizations and companies, including Visa, DHL, University of Florida, UPenn Medicine, CMAA, which is the Club Management Association of America, State Government Affairs Council, Disrupt HR, Future Pharma, HR Healthcare, NostalgiaCon, and more. In fact, he comes to us direct from a keynote presentation that he gave just a little bit ago. He's also passionate about animal rescue and donates a portion of the proceeds from his books and speaking engagements to the wonderful Wonder Paws Rescue. So again, Chris, welcome back. Thank you so much, Deb. Really appreciate it. Great. Well, for those who didn't catch your show the first time, Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how it is that you got to where you are today. And really, why did you decide that focusing on the 80s was going to be your passion in life? Yeah. So I uh, spent about 20 years or so in corporate marketing, and uh, I really love marketing. I still love marketing. I still have a Mm -hmm. passion for it. Mm -hmm. But I, I was at a point where I was in a job that just kind of wasn't working out for me. Mm-hmm. And I was having a self-pity party of one at home. And I was thinking, you know, I, I always mentioned the quote from Henry, Henry David Thoreau, that the mass of men or the mass of people lead lives of quiet desperation. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling that quiet desperation. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure what to do with it. So the breakfast club came on 
And Bender says screws fall out all the time. The world's an imperfect place. And I, I sat up and I said, my screws have fallen out. Mm -hmm. Mom in an imperfect place. What am I going to do to put Mm -hmm. them back in? Am I just going to put those same screws in and just that quiet desperation? Or am I going to find a whole new set of screws, a whole new door, a whole new door frame, walk out to a new journey? And that's ultimately what I did. Now I was 46 years old. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't a young entrepreneur, young, you know, in the sense, Mm -hmm. 20s, 30s. And uh, Johnny Cade from The Outsiders, another Mm -hmm. great 80s movie and a great book from the late 60s, said, you still have a lot of time to make yourself be what you want. Mm -hmm. And I I took that to heart. Like, I still don't have a lot of time to make myself be what I want. Mm -hmm. What is it that I want to be? And I knew I loved 80s pop culture. I thought, how do Mm -hmm. I make a living talking about 80s pop culture? Mm -hmm. I can't just tell everybody I'm an 80s pop culture person and move out to LA and try to make this thing happen. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I I wrote a little book. I, I built a website. I positioned myself as a speaker with this idea of mm-hmm. what life and work lessons we can learn from 80s pop culture. And it started with that one lesson about problem solving from The Breakfast Club, putting mm-hmm. those screws back in. Mm-hmm. What do you do when your screws have fallen mm-hmm. out? What can The Breakfast Club teach us about problem solving? Mm-hmm. And it went from there. Now I have the three books, as you mentioned before, and I'm doing quite a bit of keynote speaking. Just spoke to uh, American Market Association of Iowa right before we hopped on the call today. I love it. I love it. You know, and it's so much fun. I'm I'm a smidge older than you. Um, but yeah, the 80s had such fascinating programs that they really were, you know, whether it was TV, um, literature, movies, obviously music. I mean, you know, when we look at some of the the musicians that came out of the 80s, they're just incredible. You know, and then when I do the math and go, oh my God, that was <clears throat> years ago. You know, it's like, but the the amazing thing to me is those lessons that were that long ago are still very pertinent and important today. So they're still resonating, even with the the millennials and the Gen Zers who are going. Breakfast club? Do I get brunch there? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's true. You know, it's funny though, that you mentioned the the younger generations because, mm-hmm. you know, we all, I mean, I should say most of us, not everybody, but most people look back on their childhood and they, they, they become nostalgic for mm-hmm. different reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, some right. of us had a great childhood, maybe some people didn't, mm-hmm. but there's still some nostalgia in there when it comes mm-hmm. to the movies or music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a song may have gotten you through a tough time mm-hmm. um, or a movie may remind you of friends. Right. And so we're all nostalgic for our youth Mm -hmm. in some way. Mm -hmm. But 80s pop culture is really interesting because nostalgia typically comes in 30-year cycles. And here we are, as you mentioned, we're Mm -hmm. 43 years removed from 1980, which is shocking Mm -hmm. to think. But it's only getting stronger. This Mm -hmm. this idea of 80s pop culture is really integrated into our culture right now. We just they just announced a Goonie sequel for 2027. I saw um, Be- that. <laughs> crazy, right? Beverly Hills Cop 4 is coming out with mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy as Axel Foley. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Stranger Things and Cobra Kai have huge mm-hmm. impacts on pop culture. Mm-hmm. The new Dungeons and Dragons movie that's coming out, mm-hmm. that's you know, that really exploded in the mm-hmm. 80s. And so we're seeing more and more of it. Uh, the new TurboTax commercial that has the safety dance for men without mm-hmm. hats and the guys mm-hmm. dancing. It's, it doesn't seem to be going away. Why is that? And mm-hmm. I think it's because 80s pop culture, really the pop culture in the 80s is kind of a decade, among, uh, 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 kind of separate, I feel like, from other pop culture. It it stands out because there was so much creativity. There was so much individuality. Mm-hmm. And there were things that were happening in 80s pop culture that hadn't happened before. Mm-hmm. Or if they were, they were exploding in terms of the genres. I talk about the idea of that that 80s pop culture is like a glitter bomb that somebody threw against the wall and all these mm-hmm. wonderful colors came out. And that was what was happening in 80s mm-hmm. pop culture. And it doesn't feel like it's going away anytime mm-hmm. soon, um, which is great for me, mm-hmm. of course. And I love it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I, I just think that it's a standalone decade when it comes to the pop culture. Right. Well, and you know, we'd, we'd gone through the 60s and the 70s, which were pretty turbulent times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had all of the, the racial issues. We had Vietnam. We had women who <clears throat> wanted to work, um, you know, all of these various things. And so poor, you know, Beaver Cleaver got left behind. <laughs> and, you know, and, and but I, I think and, and that is, I think, maybe part of it, because we look at the 80s and it's like, OK, we survived that. Now what? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and. And we look at the movies in particular, and they really are very different. Um, we were allowed to do and say different things than we had before. Um, you know, I, I still get a kick every once in a while when I, like, Mary Tyler Moore comes on and they're in two beds. I'm like, how did we ever get little Ricky, right? Um, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. you know, or Lucy, you know, all of those yeah. things. And the 80s really were a lot about finding ourselves. You know, we'd, yeah. we'd survived all of that. And so then when you look at it, it is obviously still very applicable, um, you know, and it's it's very much a lot of the lessons, and, and you talk about this in your books and in your keynotes, is very transition transitionable um, into yeah. the workplace, um, yeah. you know, and, and I think that's what is so fun about all of these, you know, because we weren't going to have Ward and, and June Cleaver in the workplace, but we might have a lot of these other characters or situations and still do going on now. Yeah. And so you bring up a really good point about the, the move from those, those deck turbulent mm-hmm. decades. And so I think a lot of that was why that individual individuality kind of exploded mm-hmm. in the 80s. And one of the really important themes throughout 80s movies that for the first time, and I talk about this via the movie The Lost Boys, which mm-hmm. isn't one that kind of rolls off the tongue from the 80s movies mm-hmm. like The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller, but mm-hmm. it is a fantastic, fun vampire mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. with Kiefer Sutherland as the head mm-hmm. vampire and the two Corys, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a really important lesson in that movie that we saw a theme we saw throughout. Uh, 80s, which is the problem solvers don't come in a one size fits all package. Mm-hmm. Right. And if we think about movies in particular before the 80s, mm-hmm. we could pretty much tell who the person was going right. to be. They, they might have the had problem. the white cowboy hat on. They, you know, they were they were men. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they were Ward Cleaver. They were Andy Griffith. They were, you know, Clint Eastwood, all of those. Yeah. And now it's like, well, wait a minute. What do you mean they're they they don't look like I or more importantly, they look like me? Um, yeah. you know, and and I think that was was what was so cool about this was we did see the the you know the diversity really coming out. Yeah, and it wasn't it was there was diversity on multiple levels mm-hmm. because we think yeah, when about, the vampire's the hero. <laughs> well, <laughs> but so there's a great example. The Frog Brothers in Lost Boys, the two, if you haven't seen the movie The Lost Boys. They were two kids that worked in their parents' comic book store. Mm-hmm. They didn't look like they were the kid. If you were, if your town was in trouble, mm-hmm. you weren't going to the Frog Brothers no. and saying, "Help us, no. please." Mm-hmm. But they actually were the ones who solved mm-hmm. the problem, saved their town at mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And we saw this theme again throughout the '80s, where you didn't need this. Uh, there was a there was a song by Bonnie Tyler, mm-hmm. um, not the not the main, holding out for hero was mm-hmm. her song. And she talks about he's got to be tough and he's got to be strong and he's right. got to be fast and ready for the fight. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at that and I asked people, I challenged people during keynotes. I say, mm-hmm. if I get, if I ask you about a hero or heroine from mm-hmm. movies, what would you, who would you say like before today, mm-hmm. you know, John Wayne or, mm-hmm. or 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone, mm-hmm. or you know, if we talk about women that were strong physical characters, it was it was Ellen Ripley from Alien. Right, I was going to say Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. Sarah Connor from The Terminator, right? Mm-hmm. But what did they all have in common? They were strong, mm-hmm. physically strong. They right. could use firearms. Mm-hmm. They would look at them, and you would know mm-hmm. that person's going to save me. Mm-hmm. But what happened in the eighties was beginning with movies like Revenge of the Nerds. Mm-hmm. The protagonists became very different. Right. The smart people. The the smart people, people, the ones we didn't expect, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were rooting for them Mm -hmm. to win. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time that we saw this. It gave an opportunity to multiple types of characters Mm -hmm. and people to be the heroes and the heroines. And Mm -hmm. it's such an important theme throughout 80s movies that Mm -hmm. really kicked it off for the decades to come that anybody could be the hero. Right. Right. Yeah. So transition that to business yeah. because that's what you talk about. And that's, yeah. you know, and, and so how do we bring those characters into the, the workplace and, and why are they still so very important? Yeah. So this idea, again, the problem solvers don't come in a one size fits all package from a, mm-hmm. from a business perspective. I think too often we look at the person with the title mm-hmm. who has the title and we think, well, they should have the answers to every right. one of our problems. That's Sheriff Andy. And, you know, and a lot of, situations where you're a leader, ultimately it's going to come down to you and you're mm-hmm. going to have to make that decision, maybe. Mm-hmm. But this idea that problem solvers don't come in a one size fits all package mm-hmm. means that we should be opening up our challenges and our and our problems in the company mm-hmm. to everybody. Right. Because how is somebody going to become a leader if we don't give them an opportunity? Mm-hmm. How do we know that the person who's in a, a position like data entry, for example, mm-hmm. or maybe they don't engage as much mm-hmm. with everybody else? Maybe they're not in a um, a position like marketing, like I was mm-hmm. in, where most of us are extroverts. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't talk as much at work, right. but that person might be able to solve the problem that the business mm-hmm. is having. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important, as we saw in these 80s movies, mm-hmm. to give everyone an opportunity to be the problem solver, to be the hero or the heroine, mm-hmm. because they might actually surprise you. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for the movie, The Goonies, Sloth. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this guy who was chained up in the basement by his family of bandits, not because of anything he did, mm-hmm. simply because of the way he looked, his cone-shaped mm-hmm. head, his ears, the wiggle, crooked mm-hmm. nose, missing teeth. And the fact that he smelled like fizz ed, as Chunk <laughs> said, you know, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of things going against him. But what mm-hmm. happens? Chunk invites him into the group of Goonies. He invites him into the Mm -hmm. team as we think about a business concept, the team. And Sloth actually helps them solve their problem, Mm -hmm. solve their challenge, Mm -hmm. and helps them win at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. so they can save their town. Right. The same way that what he does is he shows his biggest traits or his strength and his loyalty and his heart Mm -hmm. because they've invited him into the group. It's the human thing to do. But from a business Mm -hmm. perspective, again, that problem solver that we've been kind of keeping out here, maybe it's the new employee. Mm -hmm. Invite that person in right away. You'd be surprised what challenges and solutions, the the, uh, the, the challenges and problems, the solutions that person might have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, from a business perspective. Right. You know, and, and the culture really is a lot of it, um, you know, and, and you do give keynotes on this. And, you know, one of my favorites is, of course, E.T., you know, because I, I really remember that, you know, and, and it was just it was such a fun movie. But what did E.T. teach us? Yeah. So ET teaches us a lot of interesting things, including this idea of kind of including everybody. Mm -hmm. But the one big lesson I got out of ET were from two simple words, be good. Mm -hmm. And that be good, Mm -hmm. you know, the the simple surface lesson would be just be a good person. And Mm -hmm. obviously that's important. But we think about our companies and organizations for organizations and companies to be good. Mm-hmm. What is your organization doing to give back? And I and mm-hmm. and yes, it's nice to say here's a nice check for United Way mm-hmm. or 
you know, and everybody stands there and gets mm-hmm. a picture with a big check. And mm-hmm. these are important things, right? Because the United right. Way and these other big organizations, mm-hmm. they do fantastic mm-hmm. work. But think about it at a community level. Mm-hmm. What are things that you can do in the community mm-hmm. to help? And it doesn't necessarily always mean the organization itself. It could be mm-hmm. the individuals or the organization saying, hey, you've got your personal time off. Mm-hmm. Guess what's not included in that? Volunteering. That's mm-hmm. separate. And that's right. over here. We're mm-hmm. not going to make you take a vacation day. Mm-hmm. Or, or your your personal day mm-hmm. to go volunteer to do something that's important mm-hmm. to you. We encourage that. In fact, mm-hmm. we're going to give you days sure. to volunteer mm-hmm. because we feel that that's important mm-hmm. for people to do. Mm-hmm. There are organizations and companies now that are built around a mission of giving back, mm-hmm. something that we never really saw before. Right. A great example is Tom's. You know, Tom's, mm-hmm. I, th- I believe mm-hmm. it's Tom's who gives for every shoe, pair of shoes that is purchased, they mm-hmm. give a pair of shoes into an underprivileged area. Right. Or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's and a, they make donations a, to to animal shelters and and things like that also. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. There's um the um the eyeglass company Warby Parker. Right, Warby Parker does a, a lot of donations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you you buy a pair of eyeglasses and mm-hmm. it provides an, an uh, eye exam mm-hmm. for somebody who maybe can't afford one. Mm-hmm. Their business model is predicated around doing this this giving mm-hmm. back. I give back through my books and speaking gigs to an mm-hmm. animal rescue that saved my boy right. Bodie. So. Mm-hmm. There's opportunities for us to do that. This idea of be good, but it has to be a culture thing within the organization. It doesn't have to be the organization. I'll give you one more example. Um, I was working at a big organization back in the day. And of course, we did a lot of things with big charities. But what we did with our marketing department is we went and looked for local uh, organizations that needed help. And so Mm -hmm. there was this, um, this organization that helped kids who had been severely either mentally or physically abused. Mm-hmm. And they all lived in this home, about 15 of them. And we got their our baskets for the holidays mm-hmm. and we got from our clients with all this candy and stuff. Right, that you really didn't nonsense. need. Mm-hmm. So we actually took the baskets over to this home mm-hmm. and we said, we want to, you know, they, they, could, they couldn't believe it. They're like, mm-hmm. the kids are going to be so excited because inside of those baskets were, you know, candies right. and little treats and little mm-hmm. gifts and they thought this this was amazing because mm-hmm. their kids were going to actually be able to enjoy this instead mm-hmm. of put it in the break room for everybody to mm-hmm. enjoy who already had those things. Right. So be good. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it is, you know, it, it, like you said, the checks are great, but there's so many other things that you can do. You and I were talking about March Madness right before yeah. we, we started the program because we're both big college basketball fans. Um, and. So my my women's bus, uh, basketball team, the University of Colorado, made it to the Sweet 16. And, and, you know, so I was having a lot of fun following that. But they were talking about one of the things that they did. And I saw this in one place, just one place. And it was just kind of an afterthought type of, of thing because they were talking about the coach who was going around with the garbage bag. And I was like, what do you mean the coach is going around with the garbage bag? Well, what the young women had done was they had collected all the toiletries from all the various hotels that they were at during their whole progression of uh, Pac-12 tournament, which was in Vegas. Um, so you'd have a lot of toiletries there. Um, and and then through the, the various tournament games. And, um, you know, and, and so they collected all of the toiletries and they took them to a women's shelter. Awesome. Something simple, something very easy to do, yep. but very it made simple. a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's fantastic. I didn't know that story. That's awesome. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, but that's what it's about. I mean, yes, again, like these, these, when, when there's a big investment made by mm-hmm. a corporation into a, a charity that has mm-hmm. worldwide exposure, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. But mm-hmm. there's so much that can be done at the local right. level, and the community level, but it's up to the, the bigger organizations to say that we believe in you, mm-hmm. we trust you mm-hmm. to make decisions at the local level 
to get engaged and to help. And mm-hmm. we're going to support you by saying that maybe it's, you know, instead of the the extra PTO, you just say everybody mm-hmm. has five days a year to mm-hmm. volunteer, right? not to take off. Mm-hmm. You don't have to mm-hmm. use your vacation day to volunteer for Habitat for mm-hmm. Humanity or whatever it is that you right. believe in. We might do, do some do? organized things, you know, things, yeah. but, but yeah, just yeah. how can we b- give back to the communities? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and I do think that we saw some of that in the, the 80s movies where they and, and maybe it was more that they cared about the underdog, um, you know, and, and they and they really wanted to make sure, as you were saying, that they were heard and that they were valued, um, you know. And and so, yeah, how can you make that difference, um, you know, with with just the little things, you know, do you travel a lot? OK, fine. Collect the toiletries. The hotel yeah. is not going to mind if, if you're having to get a new bottle of shampoo every day. Um, you know, it is a little trickier now that they don't clean the rooms every day, but you can always go to the front desk and say, I need more. Right. They'll give you more. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and there's and- things that you can do. Like, you know, I have a friend who lives in Alaska mm-hmm. and sh- we were talking one day and this is something that you would never like if you don't live in Alaska, you may not think about, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to just be Alaska that does this. Mm-hmm. So. Every so often, of course, unfortunately, there are car accidents where mm-hmm. a moose gets hit or a mm-hmm. deer or something because there's a lot of wildlife yes. in mm-hmm. Alaska. And the state trooper is called and they mm-hmm. have the unfortunate having to maybe put the, the moose mm-hmm. down or the animal. Mm-hmm. But what do they do? Instead of just, you know, putting it aside, like right. so many, I'm sure, mm-hmm. states they actually, the, the next phone call mm-hmm. is to either a homeless shelter or a, a soup Yeah, kitchen. a food bank. They come mm-hmm. out. Yeah, a food mm-hmm. bank. And they come out and they actually get mm-hmm. 800 pounds of right. moose meat. Mm-hmm. So now, A, the moose didn't die in vain. It's a terrible thing that happened, but the moose mm-hmm. didn't die in vain. And B, mm-hmm. they now take this negative and turn it into a mm-hmm. positive. And it's really not that difficult right. to do. Mm-hmm. It's a phone call. Mm-hmm. And then there's a local butcher that volunteers their time. And before you know mm-hmm. it, you've got meals for families that right. you didn't have before mm-hmm. that such a simple, mm-hmm. simple thing. Mm-hmm. And um, those are things that we can do, not even organizations, but mm-hmm. at the state level or at the community mm-hmm. level that mm-hmm. they can, can be done as well. Right. You know, and and you can do things, obviously, at the family level. Um, One of the things we're we're very involved with a shelter here, a cat shelter. So it's called Good Muse. Um, Love them. That's where we've got our our two cats from. And they do a program because the cats are just all running amok in the shelter. Now, obviously, they have some that are sequestered and and for a variety of reasons, things like that. And their cats, they don't always get along. (laughs) Um, But they love to have young kids so elementary school kids come in and read to the cats do the cats care what you're reading no but and and but more than anything it's good practice for the kids because they're reading out loud they're you know they're reading which obviously is is good um but it's it also helps to socialize the cats and and all of those various things and you know that's i love that program i think that's just one of the the most fun programs that that is out there yeah, and the, the, these are great too. And I mean, it's again, it's getting involved in the community. But going mm-hmm. back to what you talked about with the underdogs, mm-hmm. you know, the movie The Breakfast Club has a lot of lessons about individuality and mm-hmm. being who you are and being right. yourself. And how important mm-hmm. these lessons are, and they're timeless mm-hmm. throughout generations. The importance of being yourself. Mm-hmm. But there's one really great one from Brian, who's the brain. And mm-hmm. when we meet him, of course, like he's awkward and mm-hmm. he's not accustomed to being in detention. Right. Clearly, and. Mm-hmm. So there's a really important lesson about the underdogs there. And I talk about this idea of how the, just like the ocean, mm-hmm. the really cool things about people are just below the surface. Right. And then the really, really cool things mm-hmm. are even deeper below the surface. Mm-hmm. 
And so we see people just what we see on the outside. We may not know Mm -hmm. them, but we do get to know them. What we usually find is there's some really cool stuff below the surface. So Mm -hmm. if you go, I I compare it to like snorkeling. If you go snorkeling, you're going to see some cool stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But it's below the surface. If you're Mm -hmm. on the beach, you can't see that stuff. Just like if you're, you know, if you see somebody face to face, you can't Mm -hmm. see what's below the surface. Mm -hmm. So you get in snorkel, you see some cool stuff below the surface. Then you go scuba diving and you see some really cool stuff Mm -hmm. because you're deeper beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in humans. Mm -hmm. And that's a a lesson that we were taught Mm -hmm. in 80s movies as well, to go beneath the surface, Mm -hmm. to find out who the real person is and to give them a chance. Mm -hmm. And that was what we saw in Brian, the breakfast club. Ultimately at the end of it, you know, this whole idea of don't you forget about me. Are you going to walk on by when you see me in the hallway? Mm-hmm. And uh, initially, you know, Molly Ringwald's character, the princess, she says, yeah, we mm-hmm. probably would. But then ultimately at the end, we realize they're not, that they are all actually going to be friends mm-hmm. and they're going to be friends with Brian because mm-hmm. they see him for more than just who he is on the outside and that he's the brain. They see him as a human and as an individual. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm curious, you know, we're, we obviously had COVID. We had this shutdown. And and we still have so much of the work from home, um, whether it's uh, a hybrid or 100% work from home. Do you think that makes this a little bit more difficult because we've gone back into isolation to, to some degree? Yeah, I think not having the human interaction for everybody is difficult. I think for most people, it's difficult. You know, I think initially, like anything, we were talking earlier about my my injury that I have to my mm-hmm. ankle and how maybe it was telling me something like mm-hmm. I needed to take a break from the physical mm-hmm. activity that I was going so hard at. And so maybe initially, all of us having to kind of scale back mm-hmm. and focus on maybe, you know, our kids, our family, our dog, like I, you know, spending mm-hmm. more time um, with the people close to us. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, we missed that human interaction. Mm-hmm. We, we are human after all. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that presented some challenges, maybe not so much in adults as, as kids. I don't have any kids, so it's mm-hmm. difficult for me to really expand on that, mm-hmm. except to say that as adults, we had decades or, or years of interactions with other humans. Mm-hmm. And so maybe getting our footing back with mm-hmm. that wasn't going to be as difficult right. as a child mm-hmm. who is six years old and just starting mm-hmm. to develop right. the understanding of human mm-hmm. interaction. And that's taken away for a few years. So mm-hmm. again, I can't expand on that too much, except mm-hmm. to say from an adult perspective, I still think getting our footing under us was mm-hmm. certainly a challenge, but if it feels like um, for those of us that are extroverts, I, I missed it. I missed. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that it probably is a challenge, was a little bit of a challenge for everybody, but it did teach me to be an introvert as well, mm-hmm. which isn't right. a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think I learned to appreciate time by myself mm-hmm. that maybe I didn't have as much of before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think it it also gave us the time to think about a lot of this stuff. You know, we're we're seeing so many people changing. Now, I think we're seeing kind of what I've started to see is is a little bit of the reverse. You know, we had all of this, I'm quitting, I'm not going back. Oh, mm, things didn't work out quite the way we thought. Um, You know, but that's, that's okay. Yeah, I, 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 you know, there isn't really an 80s pop culture lesson in this one, but I've talked about this as well, that we had. There's got to be something somewhere. Well, you know, they talk (laughs) about the great resignation, right? Everybody Uh left their jobs Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they wanted to pursue their own thing. Mm -hmm. And I think as entrepreneurs, as you know, Mm -hmm. you've been an entrepreneur as well, and you understand Mm -hmm. it's not easy. Right. And from, you know, the top of the grass is always greener, but from the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. you could say like, oh, wow, the freedom and flexibility Mm -hmm. to be your own, Mm -hmm. to do your own thing, to have your own company. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. However, there's a lot that comes with that. And you're not just going to leave that job, right. that, that perceived security mm-hmm. of the corporate job, and suddenly become somebody who's making as much money as you did, mm-hmm. who has as much exposure as you did. That stuff has to start all over again when you're building something. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy to do. And I think a lot of people realize, whoa, wait a minute. You mean I, I don't get a paycheck every couple of weeks and I don't have the stability? Insurance? I got to buy my own insurance? I got to do this myself? <laughs> I don't know. I think we're going to see a great return. Mm-hmm to the office because mm-hmm. of that. And I think the people that stick it out, good for you because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have it any other way for me. Mm-hmm. As challenging as it can be, mm-hmm. uh, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. But yeah, I think we're going to see a bit of a great return mm-hmm. after the great resignation. Right. right. Yeah. There's got to be a movie. We'll we'll find it. There's got to be something yeah, that was I'll, in the I'll, 80s. I'll think about that one while we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it is it is something that is is... You know, as you were saying, things are very cyclical, um, you know, and, and we go through all of this. And but I think part of it, too, was we saw a resurgence in people kind of looking at the the, the nostalgia, the history. You know, I think yeah. we saw the, the Gen Z's, the, the millennials, all of those looking at and watching these movies and, and going, hey, you know, this this is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you know, it, it's funny. I look at a lot of them now and I think. They probably couldn't make some of those today, right? I saw a, a reference on uh it's it's obviously a little bit later reference, but um Jennifer Aniston was saying we probably couldn't do friends now, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but you know, I think it is kind of one of those things where, okay, when you're watching it, just remember this this was filmed at this yeah. point in time. So yep. um, you know, they they might do some things that are not a little, you know, not accepted now, but that's okay. But but yeah, we did, you know, like you said, we saw those underdog characters. Um, yeah. you know, and, and I keep thinking again about the Breakfast Club. You know, we we saw the fact that it was the people who you didn't expect, that you didn't anticipate, all of those things who went, hey, I've got the solution. Um, you know, and and I and I love that. I think that's just a, a great concept. Yeah, and I'll tell you another one that actually kind of um ties in a couple of these different themes is a movie called Can't Buy Me Love. Mm-hmm. That came out in 1987, I believe. And uh, Patrick Dempsey, who mm-hmm. I say, you know, if you've seen Camp Ami Love. He yes. Or was Dr. he McDreamy? He's one of the mix. <laughs> yeah, he went from like the, you know, the the, the nerdy kid who mm-hmm. rode the lawnmower to Dr. McDreamy. So I guess mm-hmm. anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie tied in a lot of those different lessons, Camp Ami Love. And so it did teach us about the underdog. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. It did teach us about bullying because there's mm-hmm. a really important lesson in there. Mm-hmm what he does to, to, to his best mm-hmm. friend. Uh, but it also teaches us, you know, don't fake it to make it because the mm-hmm. fall can be fast and unforgiving. Right. And he fakes it because he wants to be accepted. Mm-hmm. He wants to be in the popular crowd. And we think about this idea of acceptance and individuality. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to the idea of mm-hmm. just being who you are. And there mm-hmm. were so many movies in the eighties that through different lenses and through different characters mm-hmm. did teach us that really valuable right. lesson about be you. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be you. And that's mm-hmm. a really, really important lesson that, that goes throughout 80s pop culture. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, sometimes people miss because they go back and they're they're watching these movies to be, either mm-hmm. be entertained or they're mm-hmm. they're not really thinking that they're teaching us this, this idea of mm-hmm. being yourself because mm-hmm. there's the entertainment factor. But Can't Buy Me Love is a really good one mm-hmm. when it comes to the, the concept of bullying, you know, the, the, the bullying, the, the acceptance, the individuality, mm-hmm. and then ultimately not trying to be somebody that you're not right. just 
be yourself. Mm -hmm. If you be yourself, things will work out. The people, mm -hmm. I say the people that, you know, love you and like you will love you and like you. Mm -hmm. like you don't have to be accepted by all these other mm -hmm. people over here. It doesn't really matter. Just be you, right. be yourself. Right. You know, and, and looking back at the, the movies from the 60s and 70s, you know, they were cookie cutters. <laughs> you know, that everybody looked the same. They dressed the yeah. same. You know all of those various things, and 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 you're right. When we got into the '80s, it was like we can be different. Um, and I think a big part of that really was the music. Um, yes. You know that was yeah, rock and roll started a little bit before that, but you know it really took off. And then we had the other genres that 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 you know were were so popular. But yeah, when you look at you know say Prince, um, yeah. you know Michael Jackson, you know uh, the, that was now I grew up with little Michael Jackson, you know and and you know and and I remember being in sixth grade and we all had to have purple socks because Michael Jackson wore purple socks, um, and so anybody who's wanting to know how old I am, look that up. Um, <laughs> but but you know but we did we we looked and, and dressed the same, and we wanted to be like them. And then when we saw these characters in these movies in the eighties, we went. Oh, okay. Well, I can do that or I can do that or I can do that. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you brought up Prince. That's a great example because mm -hmm. he has a really valuable lesson. Actually, mm -hmm. it's three lessons from one thing that he did for a musician called Suzanne Vega. Mm -hmm. uh, Suzanne Vega was an alt singer in 1987. Mm -hmm. She had a song called Left of Center on the Pretty and Pink soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And then she had a song called My Name is Luca. Mm -hmm. And at the time, Prince was like, I mean, in 1987, he was already mm -hmm. winning, winning Grammys. Mm -hmm. He was nominated for Academy Awards. He had a huge catalog of music. He was known by one name mm -hmm. around the world, which- Right, you know, and that was, well, now we would have had Elvis. Yeah. But he was probably about the the only one, but you also knew he had a last name. Prince was just Prince. Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Prince was just Prince. I mean, kind of like, you mm -hmm. know, Madonna. And I mean, there was a few mm -hmm. here and there, but there aren't too many people throughout world history, particularly entertainers, mm -hmm. that were known by one name right. around the world. And then mm -hmm. he was known by a symbol. Mm -hmm. So Prince <laughs> is the king of music. And mm -hmm. he hears this song by Suzanne Vega called My Name is Luca. I live on the mm -hmm. second floor. Really important song, really serious song about child abuse. Mm -hmm. And he was really moved by it. Mm -hmm. And if you Google Prince Suzanne Vega, there'll be a handwritten mm -hmm. note that comes up from him to her in 1987 mm -hmm. after he heard My Name is Luca that says, Dear Suzanne, Luca is the most compelling piece of music I've heard in a long time. There are mm -hmm. no words to tell you all the things that I hear, I feel when I mm -hmm. hear it. I thank God for you, Prince. Mm -hmm. And he got this to her in 1987. Now we know this because in 2016, when he passed away, she put it on social media to let people know the kind of guy that mm -hmm. he was behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And he taught us three things with this handwritten note. One, leaders share the stage of success. Mm -hmm. Rulers keep everybody below the stage. They don't want to share the spotlight. Mm -hmm. They don't want to share the stage, usually because rulers have just been placed on that stage. They didn't mm -hmm. earn it. Prince had earned that position, so he wanted to share it. He saw her doing something great, and he said, hey, greatness, I see you. There's room up here for you. Mm -hmm. The second thing he did is encouragement doesn't cost a thing. Mm -hmm. We can all go out and encourage somebody today. A handwritten note encouraged her. Right. He couldn't get this by to her. To, there was no digital means to get this through, no email. Mm -hmm. He had to actually hand deliver this or get a team member to deliver mm -hmm. it. Encouragement doesn't cost a thing. And the mm -hmm. third thing was that the handwritten note's a lost art. It is nice to get praise in a mm -hmm. multiple ways, but that mm -hmm. handwritten note from a leader to a team member that just they, it shows up on their right. desk, it mm -hmm. comes in the mail. I saw that you did great on that mm -hmm. project. Congratulations. Keep it going. Well mm -hmm. done. Whatever. That handwritten note goes a long way. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Three things okay. from Prince with a simple handwritten mm -hmm. note. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, I, I had a, a boss when I was still in corporate America who 
he liked to call and leave personal voicemail messages for people. Mm. Now he did company-wide ones and we had a, a system where you could do that. You could leave a, a voicemail message that went to everybody, but he also liked to leave little personal messages for, for people. And, you know, it was, I know people who had them saved on their phone for years. So it's the same thing. You know, you get that little personal touch where, you know, they took an extra 30 seconds yeah. out of their day to do it, but it means so much, um, you know, and, and we can all learn from that. You know, did, did a, I <clears throat> posted today on Facebook that it's uh, national doctor day. You know, you talk about people who are kind of the unsung heroes. So, you know, next time you go to your doctor, tell them, thank you. Yeah. You know, tell the person who who brings you your coffee, thank you. You know, smile at somebody. You might be you might be the only person who smiles at them that day. Um, you know, and and or more importantly, you know, track down their manager and say they did a great job. You know, I yeah, just that's really know important. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, unless unless your doctor is uh Chevy Chase and Fletch pretending. Yeah. <laughs> Doc, yeah. Dr. Rosen. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, it's, it's a simple gesture, a mm-hmm. smile or, or words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, they really do go a long way and right. it doesn't cost you anything mm-hmm. to, to, to encourage somebody at all. Right. We right. all, we don't know. We all know somebody that needs it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you and I are both in marketing. So let's talk movies from the eighties that, that teach us a lot about marketing. Um, you know, and, and, and it's funny because when I read the the list that you have, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but then when you think about it, as you said, you know, we look at the movie, we watch it, we go, well, that was fun. But things like, you know, Christmas vacation, how can that yeah. give us some marketing examples? Oh, Christmas vacation. And it's funny. I was just talking about this in a keynote before we hopped on this lesson uh, from the Griswold family, and of mm-hmm. course Clark, Clark Griswold, the lovable knucklehead who mm-hmm. always wants the best for his family, but always finds problems trying to do it. And uh, in Christmas Vacation, and by the way, if you haven't seen it in a while, you know Juliet Lewis plays Audrey, mm-hmm. and she went on to do great things. Mm-hmm. And then, if you're fans of The Big Bang Theory, Leonard Hofstetter, oh, that's right, Lucky plays mm-hmm. Rusty. Mm-hmm. So you know it's really cool to go back and see their the start mm-hmm. of some careers in mm-hmm. the eighties. Uh, he is waiting for his bonus check and he has his extended family at the house. Mm-hmm. He's excited to share this news that he's put it in an in-ground pool. He's already put a deposit on it. And with the bonus check, he is going to, if there's enough left over, he's going to fly everybody in mm-hmm. from the family for the opening of the pool. Mm-hmm. So he's already made this investment and he gets his bonus check. And it's not what he thought, right? It's actually an annual membership to the jelly of the month club. It's not the money he thought it was going to be. So it's cousin Oops. Eddie said, well, that's the gift that keeps on giving all the year long. Mm-hmm. And um, Clark says, yes, it does. Yes, it does, Eddie. And he pounds some eggnog. And then he goes on this rant mm-hmm. about how he's so upset. And he wants his boss, Frank Shirley, mm-hmm. brought from his holiday slumber on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. Mm-hmm. He wants him brought right here with a big red bow on him. Mm-hmm. Cousin Eddie, bigger heart than brain, mm-hmm. uh, decides to go do that. He takes Clark literally and he brings, he kidnaps Frank, his boss, brings him to his house with a big red bow on him. Mm-hmm. Clark faints when he realizes what happened. Yeah. And then the SWAT oh, no. team breaks I'm in. I'm fired. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. The SWAT team breaks in to try to mm-hmm. rescue Frank Shirley and, uh, you know, chaos unfolds. Mm-hmm. Why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Well, it teaches us in marketing to know our audience mm-hmm. because your audience, no matter how much research you do on it, they're mm-hmm. always going to be outliers. There's mm-hmm. always going to be people that hear your message and don't interpret it correctly. Mm-hmm. Or they don't 
do exactly what you thought they were going to do. It's so important to know your audience, but then it's also mm-hmm. important to make sure that you have built in plans to answer the portions of your audience or outside of your audience that mm-hmm. maybe misinterpreted your message a little differently right. or have questions about it. Social media, you know, people um, will not, they're not shy on social media. Mm-hmm. And if you're a marketing person mm-hmm. and they have a question about your messaging, mm-hmm. they will ask you on social media. So even if you know your audience and it's important to, mm-hmm. it's also important to be prepared for the outliers mm-hmm. like Cousin Eddie. Right. I love it. You know, and a, a lot of these movies, and I think this is one of the important things is they teach us that we have to have a sense of humor about ourselves. Yes. Um, you know, and, and especially if you're the boss, right? You know, how many bosses can laugh at themselves? You know, I mean, let's let's look at oh, say Elon Musk. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't think that man laughs at himself ever. But when you look at someone else who you know is is a really good boss, you realize, yeah, you know, they they can poke fun at themselves. And and still be that good boss. Yeah, and that that self-deprecating humor mm-hmm. is the best humor, I say. And all of my keynotes, I open up with mm-hmm. the idea of how does one become an 80s pop culture expert? That's the question that's often asked of mm-hmm. me. Right. And I start with, you have to have awkward family photos. Oh. And I show these really awkward photos mm-hmm. of me from the 80s. Just get, kind of loosen it up, light right. it up, let people know. Oh like, my God, the plaid yeah. sweater. <laughs> yeah, or the, yeah, the members only jacket. Mm-hmm. And you know, the self-deprecating humor is the best humor. It's so important mm-hmm. to be able to laugh at right. yourself. And to laugh in situations where there's challenges as well. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing levity and humor to a challenging situation mm-hmm. or a stressful situation, mm-hmm. particularly if you're a leader with your team, mm-hmm. because otherwise people just, they feel their shoulders creeping up when right. it's stress, they're stressed out. They don't think as well. They're not as productive. Mm-hmm. You have to loosen it up. You know, John McClain and Die Hard mm-hmm. taught us a really valuable lesson about bringing levity and humor mm-hmm. to a challenging situation. When he's stuck in the AC vent, he did mm-hmm. not expect to go to the Christmas party and have to fight terrorists. Right. In his bare feet, by the mm-hmm. way. But he's stuck in this AC vent and he says, I feel like a TV dinner, which those of us that are older. Yeah, we remember that the metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He felt like a TV dinner. And then he starts, you know, mocking his wife a little bit, her invitation where she mm-hmm. said, come out to the coast. We'll have some laughs. And this whole idea of like these terrorists are chasing him. Everything's going mm-hmm. wrong. There's chaos around him. But how does he keep himself, his feet on the ground and relaxed mm-hmm. and calm in that situation? Humor. Mm-hmm. Levity and humor. He's poking fun at himself mm-hmm. with the TV dinner. You know, and he's he's poking fun at his family members, his wife about this, mm-hmm. come out to the coast, we'll have some laughs. So he's really like, you know, trying to loosen and lighten things up for himself mm-hmm. so that he can clear his mind and right. make good decisions. Right. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about how it is that you decided to do what you're doing. Um, you know, and and like I said, we're marketing people and we know, and we've, we've already talked about this, how important it is to have that niche. You know, we, we're not going to sell what we have to everybody. Um, you know, it's just not going to happen. doesn't matter what it is. It's not for everybody. And so you have to niche down. And so how is it that you really did decide, okay, I'm going to go from corporate America to not just launching your own company and being a speaking, you know, doing keynote speeches and, and writing books, but I'm going to focus on 80s pop culture. How many people went, okay, Chris? <laughs> sure. A lot. And, you know, I, and I had a lot of people who supported me as well. I had a, an old roommate who said, finally, you're doing something that you, you know, you've mm-hmm. talked about for a long time. 80s pop culture for me, A, because I, I know it and I love it. 
mm-hmm. and B, because of what we've talked about throughout mm-hmm. this, this conversation, mm-hmm. I just feel like there's, there's so many lessons in it. The pop culture was mm-hmm. so um, exploded, as I said, like this glitter mm-hmm. bomb of creativity and individuality. And so there's a lot to pull from, mm-hmm. from 80s pop culture as well. And I had spoken with somebody who had done something entrepreneur from an entrepreneur perspective who mm-hmm. had their own content. And what this person told me was, find your mountain, climb it, plant your flag, mm-hmm. and stick to it. Right. Whatever that is, find a mountain that no one else has climbed, mm-hmm. plant your flag, and stick to it. And I had noted no one else was doing this. Uh, yeah, so not I've only never- did I love it, <laughs> but no one else was doing it. So I could create the market for it. And, uh, and that's what I did. And, mm-hmm. and also because I just absolutely love it. Right. You get to wear fun t-shirts. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. The Karate Kid. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, I think probably there are many of us that have those still in our closets. Um, you know, and now they're like, oh, I can't wear it. I might make a hole in it. Um, you know, all the these. Blockbuster very- in the background, you know. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and and we were talking about that before the program started. So for those of you who are listening, Chris's virtual background is he is in a Blockbuster store. And now all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, Blockbuster's back in the news. Um, This is just going to be so bizarre to, to, you know, what the heck is happening with that? You know, I, I, I kind of hope that they're going to open up a few stores and some, you know, markets that would support it and it might just mm-hmm. be quirky enough to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember if it's DirecTV or it's one of the satellite companies. Well, I, think that are- Di- I think Dish is who bought them. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Dish has the brand. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe they're going to launch a blockbuster um, streaming channel. Right. And try- I don't know, mm-hmm. but they're clearly going to attempting to do something. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's probably about 10 or 12 markets in the US mm-hmm. that could actually, you could actually have a physical blockbuster right. store mm-hmm. and probably be successful. Um, Bend Oregon is the last one on earth. And mm-hmm. they, you know, when I went out to see it, there were 20 people in there buying DVDs, mm-hmm. renting DVDs, right. renting VHS tapes. Well, so people are buying uh, vinyl albums again to yeah. listen to music. Yeah, there's a market for it. So I'm excited to see where it mm-hmm. goes. I, I, I really think there's a market for it. There is something to be said. There's some romanticism in mm-hmm the idea of the blockbuster mm-hmm. and that streaming is great because everything's in the palm of your hand. You can have whatever you want, mm-hmm. whatever you want, but there's some romanticism and not getting everything mm-hmm. you want, not right. having that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you pick up the box yeah. and it's empty. You're like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> or, or going and hoping that it's there, mm-hmm. but then waiting by the return bin for mm-hmm. somebody to return it. I know. Right. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, and the blockbuster employee who says, well, if you're looking for that movie, I don't think we're going to get back tonight, but here are five movies mm-hmm. right. that are like that one that you mm-hmm. might like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, that that uh, that human algorithm, I think, mm-hmm. was better than any algorithm we have today. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because, you know, Amazon can suggest similar books. Yeah. But really, are they, you know, or was it just that they, they had the same words in the title or, or something like that? Um, yeah. But but yeah, it was. And and your, your blockbuster people, they, especially if you were there repeatedly, they got to know what you wanted. Um, yes. My husband has a, a bookstore like that, that we go to in Alabama, um, where, it, you know, they know what he wants and, and they'll pull books for him because, you know, and, and, and we only go over there a couple of times a year because, you know, it ends up being a major expedition, but yeah, they know him. And, and so that level of customer service, I think is, is something that was interesting, but yeah, the whole blockbuster thing, I, it was funny. I saw somebody, they posted online. They said, I wonder if my fine for the one I still have is, <laughs> yeah. and, and did we rewind? Have we rewound? <laughs> it was like the, um, the, the, uh, 
the Seinfeld episode with the library detective, mm-hmm. Mr. Bookman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the book out for yep. all those decades. Yeah, you wonder. Yikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, but, but yeah, it's, and, but I think what it's also showing us is, again, that nostalgia. You know, yeah. we see that and, and it's not necessarily that they were simpler times because sometimes we, we get nostalgic for things like that. Um, you know, but yeah, it, because they were pretty chaotic times, especially in the movies and, and things like that. But it really was something where when we look back on it because we lived through it or when our kids look back through it because we make them watch the, the reruns, um, you know, it, it was something where it's like, yeah, this, this worked then and, and it can work now. It's, you know, every decade has its challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, the 80s was no different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I do think that one of the things about the movies, and I talk about this as well, is that, you know, people sometimes will say, oh, the 80s pop culture can be cheesy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it can be, but that's not a bad thing. Like the fact mm-hmm. that most movies ended with a, had a happy ending right. or a good ending mm-hmm. or they resolved the way mm-hmm. that you wanted them to, mm-hmm. that's not a terrible thing because- right. You know, a lot of times in life, things don't resolve the mm-hmm. way that we want them to. So mm-hmm. if we could go to the movies and see that there's mm-hmm. a happy ending, that there's a solution to the mm-hmm. problem, that things end up good in the end, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that's a terrible thing. And mm-hmm. and I, you know, I think you walked into 80s movies kind of knowing mm-hmm. that it was going to end up the way you wanted mm-hmm. it to. Not always, but right. but 98% of the mm-hmm. time, it was going to end up with the person you wanted to be mm-hmm. in a good position to be in a good position. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, kind of like good. the Hallmark movies, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I I, I kind of skip that channel when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm going through. But yes, I know I know the mm-hmm. Hallmark channel, and it's very very successful. Maybe mm-hmm. for that reason, right? So. Yeah, you know, and 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 maybe it is because there's so much going on, you know, and and uh, and and so we kind of need that, you know, and it, it's and it's it's interesting because I tend to watch things, you know. It, uh, you know, if, if something big is going on in the world, I revert back to watching old things. Um, I remember when September 11th happened, I watched probably 48 hours straight of I Love Lucy, yeah. um, you know, just because it put your brain into kind of that mode where you could could deal with it. Um, but yeah, we go back and we watch those 80s movies where those kids again, um, you know, and, 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 you know, and you listen to the music and, and again, you know, all of those things, it's, it's just, it's fun to do that. And it's fun to see our kids getting in and I don't have kids either, but you know, when we see the, the, the next generation and even the generation after that getting into it, that's where it's fun. And there's some reminders, you know, there's a great lesson from the movie stand by me, which mm-hmm. is also a great story. And that's mm-hmm. a lot, you know, some of the great movies in the eighties were also, you know, they came mm-hmm. just like a lot of movies from books and stories mm-hmm. and it was called the body. It's a short story by mm-hmm. Stephen King, but ultimately became the movie stand by me. Mm-hmm. And the probably, I mean, for my money, the best line at the end of a movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it's when he says, a grown-up Gordy played by Richard Dreyfus, mm-hmm. uh, one of the characters in the movie says, you know, I never had any friends like I did when I was 12. Jesus, does anyone? Mm-hmm. And that, I talk about that in the context of reaching mm-hmm. out to your friends, because I think in this day and mm-hmm. age, it's social media, it's easy to follow everybody's right. life on Facebook or mm-hmm. Instagram. And so we right. feel like sometimes we don't need to reach out because mm-hmm. we can see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But you talked earlier about, mm-hmm. you know, COVID and that that mm-hmm. lack of human interaction that mm-hmm. so many of us had. And I talk about like just because you see your friends, you know, putting stuff on social media. Right. Is that really what's going media, on? Reach out and say hello. It will do your mm-hmm. heart and their heart mm-hmm. some good. It's really important because those kids that you played with when you were younger, mm-hmm. all those adventures, those summer days that mm-hmm. lasted a year, it felt mm-hmm. like. 
And all those adventures that you go on, a lot of mm-hmm. things that you experienced for the first time happened with these kids mm-hmm. that were in your youth that, mm-hmm. you know, at one point you all went out, I think they said in the movie, The Sandlot, not an 80s movie, but something to the effect of everybody went out one day to play and didn't realize it was the last time that we'd all be playing together. Mm-hmm. And so that part of it too, it's so important to, to recognize that, mm-hmm. that, you know, there is a nostalgia, but mm-hmm. it's also about reaching out to the people right. that helped you cr- help create mm-hmm. who you are today. Mm-hmm. And that stand by me that, you know, did I, does anybody have any friends like they did when they were 12? Jesus mm-hmm. is anyone. It's, it, it, you know, Stephen King, by the way, just for my money, we we think about him with when it comes to like horror and scary stuff, right. mm-hmm. but his best stories and his best mm-hmm. lessons came from the movies, came from the books that he wrote and stories that he wrote mm-hmm. that had nothing to do with horror. Right. Mm-hmm. Stand by me. Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. I know Green everybody Mile. forgets about Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Stephen King, The mm-hmm. Green Mile, another mm-hmm. Stephen King one. Right. These incredible lessons mm-hmm. in these movies, regardless of whether eighties or right. not. Right. Um, but and yeah, it's Stan funny because great. those movies are about one thing ultimately: friendship. Yeah, right? friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friendship and and forgiveness. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. There's a yeah. He yeah. He was great. And, and mm-hmm. Stand by Me is is an excellent um, lesson in friendship for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Right. Right. So what are some of your favorites? So what, what are your favorite life lessons from, from the eighties pop culture life? So the Prince one is one of my favorites just cause I love mm-hmm. Prince and the handwritten note, but another one, uh, you know, in my newest book, I, I'm a huge Patrick Swayze fan. Mm-hmm. So there's a movie called roadhouse mm-hmm. where he, uh, he plays a bouncer. And at one point he comes into this bar and he's cleaning up the bar and he's firing mm-hmm. a lot of the people for doing things in the bar they shouldn't be doing. And he says, he has this conversation with them about, he has these three simple rules. There's just three th- simple rules you have, you have to follow. And, and there's an, a, a lesson in here about simplicity and simplicity rules mm-hmm that oftentimes we make things complex mm-hmm. unnecessarily in our work mm-hmm. and in our life. We, we used to say, keep it simple, stupid. I don't know if they say that anymore, but that's what I learned when I was mm-hmm. a kid, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. And he has these three simple rules you know, about the idea of, you know, never start anything in the bar um, unless it's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I'm going to forget the three lessons. Now the three, the three rules uh, don't start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, take it outside. Um, Man, I can't remember now. The third one is be nice. Mm-hmm. It's just slipping my mind. The third one is be nice. And and um these are really important lessons, but the the role, the, the lesson it really is about simplicity rules. Keep things mm-hmm. simple, don't make things complex, mm-hmm. particularly in your life and your workplace. We tend to do that, we call it drama. Right. People create right. drama. No I know that's one drama. thing nice about not being in workplace. We don't have all that drama, right? <laughs> oh, the, oh, the first lesson was never underestimate your opponent, always expect the unexpected. Ah. Mm-hmm. Don't start anything inside the bar you know, take it outside mm-hmm. and then be nice. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's right. And so I have a lot of life lessons in this newest book. That's really where I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of drive, uh, the focus of it. So there's mm-hmm. a lot in the breakfast club, another one from mm-hmm. Andrew, the athlete where he says, we're all a little bizarre. Some of us are just better at hiding it. That's all. Mm-hmm. And I talk about that one as well, because mm-hmm. we all look at Andrew, the athlete as being the kid. What kind of problems could he have Right. I talk about mm-hmm. beneath the surface, looking beneath the surface, but it's so important to be you and to be an individual mm-hmm. and that, you know, we're all a little bizarre. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bizarre. Right. It's okay. It's all right. good. Like, yeah. Just, and okay. the, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing you know, wrong we're, with we're it. not, you know, Ward Cleaver and, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and Opie, you know, and yeah, right. yeah you know, and, and it is okay to, to have those 
um, you know, that, you know, I, the, the pink hair and all of those, you know, all of those. However things. you express yourself. Yeah. 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 Madonna with her very weird outfits, but you know, we all went, Ooh, that's pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So there's some great lessons in, in, uh, in, in the breakfast club as well mm-hmm. that I, that I talk about also. So lot, a lot of good life lessons mm-hmm. in, uh, in the newest book. Um, Vision Quest has some great ones. Mm-hmm. There's a great movie called Vision Quest. If you're not familiar with it, Matthew Modine mm-hmm. uh, plays a wrestler mm-hmm. who is going to drop a bunch of weight so that he can wrestle a guy in, in his senior year who's never lost. It's ah. a great sports movie. It's a great life movie. Mm-hmm. Madonna, it plays a bar singer singing Crazy for You in it, which I is really it. cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you love Jake Ryan from the movie mm-hmm. 16 Candles, mm-hmm. you get one more bite at the Jake Ryan apple because mm-hmm. he's in this movie before he left um, Hollywood for good. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a really great monologue in the movie, but there's a lesson about marking the time or making your mark mm-hmm. in your life. And that so many of us just mark the time. Mm-hmm. And it's important to mark birthdays and anniversaries. These mm-hmm. are important milestones for us, career opportunities, mm-hmm. things like that. But just marking the time and not making your mark. And I don't right. mean making your mark becoming famous. Mm-hmm. We talked earlier about community involvement, making mm-hmm. the mark in your community, mm-hmm. making the mark in your family, mm-hmm. making the mark in your organization, whatever is important to you, but making sure that you make that mark. Don't just mm-hmm. mark the time. We've got right. this limited time on earth. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do to make that mark? Mm-hmm. Right. I was talking to somebody on a Zoom earlier today and and i said you know i have rescue cats and she in you know she oh that's very cool she said i feed the strays yeah and i mean i was like oh my gosh you know for those however many cats she feeds she literally is a difference between life and death yeah. pretty easy you know and, and so how can you make your mark i yeah. love that i love that well chris oh my gosh we've done it again um we have filled up the hour so for people who, you know, obviously you have your books, they are on Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, you know, and, and we'll have the, the link in the, the show notes. But if someone says, hey, we need you to speak to our group, whether it's virtual or in person, tell us a little bit more about what they can expect. Yeah. So I can tell you it's fun. It's unique. It's relatable. Uh, you know, I'm just a big knucklehead that came up with an idea and, uh, and I, I love being on stage. There was a, um, musician named Tupac who was not in the eighties, but in the nineties and said, all eyes on me. I really do love the idea of being on stage, but I also, um, I recognize and appreciate when somebody hires me to speak because my ultimate goal is to make the people who hire me look like rock stars. Mm-hmm. I'm not the rock star. You are. You're the promoter. From, from being in marketing, you know, mm-hmm. the event planners have really tough jobs. The event managers have really tough jobs. I want to make your life easy. Mm-hmm. And I want people to remember. And ultimately, what comes out of this is we're going to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I really want people to retain the lessons so that when you go back to your work or life, mm-hmm. if the situation arises and you think, yeah, that's right, Prince Akeem from Coming to America, I can apply that to my mm-hmm. situation right here. Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse, I can apply mm-hmm. that to my situation right here. So what you can expect is a fun, unique, relatable, and retain, I guess, retainable, if that's a word, mm-hmm. um, uh, speaking and uh, engagement, a lot of fun, a lot of entertainment. And I promise you that I will make you look good as the event manager, the event planner, whoever it is that hire me, that hires me. Uh, we will have a, a totally awesome time. Well, how do they find you? They can find me at chrisclues.com, C-L-E-W-S.com. And also uh, Chris at ChrisClues.com if you want to email me. And then on all my social media, the links I'm assuming will be mm-hmm. in the post, but I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and also on YouTube. I love it. 
Well, this really has been so much fun, um, you know, and 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 especially because you know I grew up in the '80s. Well, you know, I was a little older in the '80s, but you know, it it was so much fun. Um, and and I we have to chat again. I think this this really is just a you know such a, a good time. But until then, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Yeah, you know, I, the final thought I would say is that you know there's a movie Dead Poet Society um, near and dear to my heart. Robin Williams, love Robin Williams, and he plays this. Uh, this teacher at elite boarding school. And we all know the seize the day carpe diem, but he says something more important to the boys. He says, no matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. And uh, you know, that's kind of like the talk to talk. It's important. You can get your words and ideas out to the world via your phone now, where before it wasn't as easy to do that, but now it's the great equalizer. We can all do it, but you got to you know walk the walk, take the action as well. What's the action you're going to take. And for me, it's animal rescue, just like you, uh, my dog, Bodie boy, who's, sleeping on the couch behind me right now. He's a rescue. And uh, I talk about how rescued is the best breed. Um, but yeah, it's so important to walk the walk. And uh, and I donate a portion of the proceeds from my book sales and speaking gigs to Wonder Paul's and saved his life. That's my walk the walk as well. So yeah, no matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world, but you've also got to take action with it. I love it. Well, Chris, this has been so much fun and, and I can't wait to do it again. I'm Deb Creer. I've been having such a fun conversation with Chris Clues. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thank you, Deb. Stay rad, everybody. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.